0: Hello and welcome to my podcast, Let's Talk Attachments. My name is Jessica De Silva and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, an attachment coach, and a recovering fearful avoidant working towards becoming my most secure self. Not only am I walking this path myself, but I also specialize in helping people and their own unhealthy dating patterns and create strong, secure relationships using the attachment theory framework. So if you're fascinated by attachment styles, and you wanna understand yourself and others on a deeper level, this is the place for you. Attachment theory is a psychological and evolutionary approach that helps us understand how we and others experience love. And my goal with this podcast is to not only share the ins and outs of each attachment style, but also give you the tools to help you begin embodying your most secure self. So welcome, I'm thrilled you're here and I'm excited for everything you're going to learn. Hello and welcome to today's podcast episode on how to soothe relationship anxiety. So earlier this week I asked for your podcast episode suggestions on my Instagram story and a lot of you guys wrote down different concerns that you've been having in your relationship some of them include you know how can i learn to trust when i automatically assume the worst how do i reassure myself without too much affirmation from others a lot of questions about healthy coping strategies for relationship anxiety how can i stop being so dependent how can i overcome my anxious attachment how do i validate myself so some of these questions, I already have podcast episodes too, so definitely check that out, and some I will be addressing in this episode, but regardless, they will all be answered eventually via this podcast. So I'm currently recording this episode from sunny California, taking a little break from mountain life in Colorado and, and staying here in the marina with my mom, which always feels really good. I'm originally from Los Angeles, so as much as I would not want to live here again, it's always nice to just kind of pop in once in a while. Um, The town I live in in Colorado is very tiny, so when I come here, it's mainly for the food, (laughs) especially sushi, and of course family, but mainly for the food. (laughs) Um, But anyways, you know, I often think about how grateful I am that I have a partner who understands my needs for space and alone time once in a while. And I only say that because I never had this type of understanding or trust from previous partners, right? They would always want to come with me. They would become kind of passive aggressive about my needs for space. Or I just never really felt, you know, too comfortable leaving for too long or creating too much distance from them because I myself uh, had a lot of anxiety around that, right? Like, are they going to change their mind about me? Are they going to do something deceitful? And that really stems from my previous fearful avoidant attachment style that still surfaces once in a while. Um, and you know, what attachment theory has taught me is that respecting each other's needs and differences is essential for having a secure relationship. It lets you and your partner know that it is safe to be yourself. It is safe to honor your needs, to express your needs and their response to you meeting your needs determines if they are a good partner for you or not. Which brings me to today's podcast episode on how to soothe our relationship anxieties, meaning how to cope with the stress that you experience in your relationship. So just to preface, Each insecure attachment style, whether you're anxious, dismissive, avoidant, or fearful avoidant, experiences relationship anxiety. We just have different ways of responding to it, okay? So relationship anxiety can be triggered by um, not hearing from your partner in hours, your partner taking, uh, talking to another person. Person, right someone who's attractive that might spark some jealousy within you uh your partner being too busy with other obligations canceling plans being distracted withdrawing or not being uh totally present because they're experiencing their own mental challenges right maybe they they have their own anxiety or or depression that they're experiencing uh traveling for work or for fun your partner being moody being angry uh needing too much connection from you uh, wanting you to open up and be more vulnerable, uh, wanting you know more time from you, not allowing you to take your space or be alone or maybe they get really triggered in that sense. and it triggers you um, as a result. right? So you can just insert your trigger here. and it's important to note that these triggers will either cause us to use activating strategies or deactivating strategies in order to calm our nervous system. So anxious and fearful avoidance often use activating strategies when they feel anxious, um, such as demanding their partner to soothe their concerns and avoidance and also fearful avoidance, because remember fearful avoidance have both anxious and avoidant tendencies. Uh, so they can use activating strategies and deactivating strategies. Um, so avoidance will use deactivating strategies when they feel a threat uh, or the anxiety, right? Such as pulling away to soothe, uh, just to soothe on their own. Avoidance are not good at soothing with other people. They do not ask for support from other people because they're very independent in that way. They've learned to be, Um So they soothe themselves best when being alone. And if you're in an anxious avoidant relationship dynamic, these different ways of soothing can be really triggering for each other. Because remember, anxious attachments, they like to soothe with their partner. They like the support of others, whereas avoidance soothe alone. So you can see where there's this um, disconnect of or this misunderstanding of each other. Um, So step number one in managing your relationship anxiety is to identify the trigger. What happened to make you feel so out of control or so emotional? Remembering that the underlying root to anxiety is fear. So did they not call you? Did they not follow through with what they said? Did they miss uh, or did they dismiss you or raise their voice at you? Did they not respect your needs for space or alone time? What's the triggering action? What's the you know the situation that's causing this fear response within you? It's causing this threatening response within you. Number 2. Remember that our emotions guide us to our needs. We humans are needs driven, meaning we are always, always, always trying to consciously or subconsciously meet our needs, whether it's for food, water, sleep, money, rest, play, uh, freedom, peace, joy, connection, laughter, love, validation, reassurance, pleasure, control, power, everything we do, every waking second is to meet some need we have. And when you start becoming aware of what these needs are, you are becoming much more capable, right? You become much better at taking care of yourself, which is essential if you have an anxious or a fearful avoidant attachment style, because usually you're not so, uh, you don't feel very confident in meeting your own, your own needs. That's why you become very codependent of others of the external world to meet your needs and, and soothe you. So I want you to know that you are a hundred percent able to meet your own needs and doing so will give you the confidence and security you are looking for. Now, does that mean you shouldn't depend on your partner to meet your needs? No, you definitely should depend on your partner and meet your needs. Um, you know, our partner should be willing to meet these needs for us, but it's also totally unrealistic that they meet our every need all of the time, right? That kind of dependency breeds codependency and it's also very unrealistic. Um, instead, we want to cultivate interdependency, which involves a balance of self and others within the relationship, Right. These are my needs. These are your needs. I respect, we respect each each other's needs. Um, We recognize that both partners are working to be present and meet each other's physical and emotional needs in appropriate ways. So now that you've identified the trigger to your anxiety and the underlying need, the next step is meeting that need in order to soothe your anxiety, right? So you have the triggering situation. Uh, You experience this emotional uh, experience, right? There's certain emotions that you're experiencing. Those emotions guide you to the underlying need. And now we're going to focus on how to meet that need. Um, So examples of meeting your needs could be uh, gently expressing your insecurities to your partner and asking your partner for some reassurance you know, I do this in my relationship whenever I'm noticing some distance or some disconnection or some discrepancy. um, It does bother me, right? It does bother me. And instead of suppressing these emotions and fear that I'll sound crazy or too needy or too sensitive, I express it in order to put those thoughts to rest. Because guess what, you guys? What we resist persists, okay? And it's so much better to express what's on your mind or what's on your heart than to ignore it and have it fester because we know it festers. We know it does. And when you express yourself in the moment, you are honoring yourself and meeting your needs. So here's a helpful tip when expressing yourself. You can say it in the form of, I feel blank because of blank. I need blank. So here's an example of what this looks like. I feel scared because you've been distant. I need to feel that everything is okay between us. This form of expressing your needs is non-threatening and direct. And just as a reminder, you guys, being securely attached is not about being perfect. It's not about not having any needs. Um, And it's not about never being triggered, right? That doesn't exist. We are human. It's about knowing yourself and honoring yourself in a way that's respectful to you and others. So do I do this perfectly every time in my relationship? Definitely not. I am honestly saying I definitely do not do this perfectly. And I also don't expect that from myself. Um, do other therapists or coaches do this perfectly in their relationships? I can assure you that they don't. Most of my friends today are therapists and coaches. Um, and we talk about this stuff. But what I can tell you is that we do our best to honor ourselves and to have compassion for ourselves when we fall short. Because again, we're human and humans are messy. We're just messy, okay? And it's just it's just the way it is. So you might be thinking, well, what if my partner does call me crazy or gets defensive or makes me feel worse when I do express my needs or ask for reassurance? Then my honest answer to you is perhaps they aren't willing or capable meet your needs. Um, I have had partners in the past that made me feel crazy for expressing my needs and I know now that they weren't suitable for me because I later found people that were capable of meeting most of my needs or at least open to trying right including my current partner. So I want you to know that if your needs get dismissed or reprimanded in some way know that you know that isn't a healthy reaction. It's not a healthy reaction. Um, Your needs being expressed should be held with compassion, curiosity, and effort. And in the case that your partner, you know, is good at meeting your needs, but at the moment they can't soothe your anxiety for whatever reason, you know, maybe you can't reach them, maybe they're far away, maybe it's something you can't, uh, or something that they can't change or don't want to change, you know, how can you meet your own needs in that moment? So firstly, remind yourself that your brain's attachment system is activated, meaning your brain is in high alert, causing these very intense emotional and even physical experiences. Uh, And it's in that threat mode where we either want to fight, flight, or freeze anxious attachments usually want to fight that's where they use the activating strategies to to reestablish that connection Um, avoidance usually use the flight response they want to escape the uncomfortable emotional experience Um, and fearful avoidance they will either fight flight but they will often freeze where they kind of become indecisive they don't really know how to react to what is happening so our brain is very primal, you guys. It is very, very primal, and its job is to keep us alive and protected. When our brain senses distance from our attachment figure, whether that is your partner, your lover, your best friend, uh, your a family member, right? An attachment figure, it goes into high alert wanting to reestablish that connection in order to create a sense of safety. Everything's okay. Everything's fine, right? And that's why it's essential to soothe ourselves in those high anxiety moments. We need to remind ourselves, a.k.a. our brain's nervous system, that we are safe, that everything is okay, that there's no actual perceived threat. So your brain is responding to a threatening thought But we have no proof that the thought is actually happening, right? That what we're thinking is actually happening. So you need to remind yourself of that distinction, that it's just a thought, right? Your mind is just its threatened by a thought, not necessarily uh, an actual situation that is happening. Number three, identify the underlying need remembering that our emotions are always guiding us to something we need in that moment you know is it validation that you need to feel calm again is it reassurance is it attention is it love and connection is it intimacy is it certainty what do you need in this moment to feel calm again to feel safe and secure and if you can't get it from your partner or you're just practicing you know uh, learning how to become more independent call a friend go do something, go for a walk, uh, or a hike, right? Be in nature, uh, work out, do a guided meditation, breathe, watch a movie or start a new show, listen to a podcast. I know when I'm feeling anxious about something, one of my favorite things to do is learn about what I'm experiencing internally in order to understand it. And when I can better understand it, it gives me more control. It gives me more certainty. Right? Start a hobby. Breathe. (laughs) I think I already said that, but breathe. Um, Say some calming and reassuring affirmations. You know, tell yourself everything's okay. I am choosing to trust. I am safe in this moment. I like to even put my hands over my heart and just put some pressure on my chest so I can really feel that support. And I'll repeat those affirmations to myself. I'll tell myself, Jess, I'm okay. You're safe. You're good. You're good. You got this. You're good. We're choosing to trust. We're choosing to trust. Okay. Um, One of my favorite techniques for calming my anxieties is to talk to myself in a loving way, just like I did. Um, You know, another term for this is self reparenting, a technique that I teach in my coaching sessions and does wonders in transforming our relationship to self. It's something that I use with myself every single day. And has just been so monumental in um, the transformation of my relationship to myself, right? So talk to yourself as you would to a friend who is in a similar painful experience as you. What would you say? How would you say it, right? What's the tone you would use? Um, And really giving that to yourself. Also, asking yourself if what you're assuming about the situation or your partner is true or just an insecurity. For instance, um, you know, when my boyfriend goes out for dinner with his friends and doesn't answer my call, my mind instantly goes to the worst case scenario, you guys. The worst case scenario. And if you're listening to this, then you probably know exactly Exactly what I mean. Um, And I already know this about myself. I already know that my mind just automatically does this. So I'll think of things like, oh my God, what if he's, you know, talking to another girl? What if she's cute and likes her more? Um, What if he's doing something deceitful? What if he's forgotten about me? Maybe he's happier just kind of without me. Um, And I know that these thoughts stem from a traumatic past so I can already expect them and in order to soothe my anxieties and break those patterns of thought I ask myself Jess can I absolutely know that he's doing this or is this just an insecurity and um, challenging your thought in this way with you know asking yourself okay is this thought 100% true that actually stems from uh, Byron Katie's work so definitely check her out Um, but anyways when I do challenge my thought in this way is it true or is it just an insecurity this helps me ground myself back into reality where I can think more logically so when we can challenge these thoughts it soothes the emotional experience that we're that we're having and then we can we can think more logically right so I then reframe This thinking by telling myself other possibilities of thought, for example, hmm, Maybe he's just probably conversing with his friends and really into whatever they're talking about, or he doesn't need to answer my call when I want. I give him permission, right? I allow him to be his own human and take his own space, right? It's not just about my needs. It's about his needs as well. You know, and when we have an anxious attachment style, or we have these, um, anxious tendencies, we tend to be really overly concerned with meeting our own needs. It's all about us in these moments. I need to feel better, but wait a second. like your partner also has their own needs as well. So we have to be mindful. we have to be respectful of that. So I I'll, I'll say it out loud. I'll remind myself, hey Jess, guess what? He has his own needs. He's his own human. Give him his space and that usually just kind of kind of gives me a reality check right um other other things I'll tell myself too is you know just because he's not answering uh doesn't mean he he loves me less or even if he is talking to a girl it's fine I'm choosing to trust him just as I would want him to trust me if the roles were reversed right so it really comes down you guys to trusting yourself Trusting yourself, when we can trust ourselves, guess what? We're way better able to trust others. Um, a helpful reframing tip, think of the opposite, the opposite of the triggering thought and tell yourself that reframe in different variations, okay? So if you have trouble, um, trouble thinking about other possibilities of thought, uh, you know, just use the opposite of that triggering thought. Tell yourself the opposite of that triggering thought and tell yourself, um, uh, give yourself different variations of that. And just repeat that to yourself over and over again, okay? And I know that this can be hard to do in the moment, but you must remind yourself that you are safe and that you are choosing to trust. The more we can break, uh, you know, these insecure thought patterns when they're happening in the moment, the more secure, the more confident we will ultimately feel. So this takes practice, it takes patience, and it takes compassion. Please be compassionate and gentle with yourself during this process. It'll look messy, you know. It's not going to be perfect all the time. I've been doing this work for like six years now, and it's still not perfect. And I don't think that it'll ever be. Um, it does. It doesn't happen as often, that's for sure. And it does feel a lot easier implementing these steps uh, when I'm feeling triggered, but I can't expect perfection. I can't expect that these triggers will never come up because they definitely will. So it's just a matter of uh, really remembering these tools and implementing them in the moment. And I promise you, the more you practice, uh, the more confident you will feel. All right. So thank you so much for listening. If you need more support, you can book a free clarity call with me to learn about my one-on-one attachment coaching program. And if you're interested in my upcoming digital course, my secure self Academy for the anxious attachment style, I will be creating these, uh, digital courses in the future for the other attachment styles. Um, this course will be launched in February. You can get on the waiting list. So both links uh, will be in the show notes. Wishing you guys the best, always. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you enjoyed it, please write it or leave a comment. Hearing your feedback just motivates me to create more content for you guys. I appreciate you so much and I will catch you on the next episode.